Welcome to the Unaccepted Podcast, a podcast for car enthusiasts and anime fans. I'm your host, Tony. And I'm Manny. And uh, no anime review this week. Yeah. We got a little bit busy. Sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got personal lives. Yeah, so we're going to push that back a little bit. Uh, next week, we do have a guest coming on, so we might not do it then. And we'll probably do the week after that. Yeah. And just continue to do our regular rotation from there. But uh, with that, let's uh, let's kick off some headlines real quick, Manny. Definitely. Uh, just as we said in one of our previous episodes, and I think we had Jaime on with them when we talked about this. Yes. Uh, but we did talk about the Demon Slayer movie, Infinity Train or Mugen Train, as most other people want to say it in the Japanese terms and everything, because they're weeb like that. I mean, you want to say it in the terms. I'll just say affinity. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, so it was announced to be released in Japan for October 16th, which was actually just about a few days ago. And with that, it became, literally, it topped number one globally in the box office. So it beat your name's record? It did. Oh, wow. Yep. It pretty much just killed it with a record, honestly, of $44 million U.S. dollars, if we're trying to say in our terms so we understand, have an understanding. $44 million on opening weekday and week yeah, uh, weekend. And just so people can have an idea as well, in Japanese terms, since it was a Japanese release and debut, it was 4.6 billion yen across a three-day span. That's pretty good. I mean, it, the fact that it topped your name... Yes, definitely. I mean, it it was such a surprise. Your name was actually a really good movie. I'm not gonna lie. No, it was. I it still say was. I still say a sound of voice was better than your name. I have yet to see that one still. You still have yet to see it? Yeah, I know you told me about it, but I just haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. Yeah, so it definitely the director. If anybody has information, uh, want information on this, uh, you can find it on Crunchyroll's website. But your name's director Makoto Shinkai did actually have some comments for the. Mo- Demon Slayer's release. Really? Hating? It more like he was astounded, like how so much, how this anime just like, just did overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly just good, honestly. I think he was just more congratulating and more in general. Very cool. Yeah. So to him, he held like the title of like the highest grossing anime film worldwide, which is now it's Demon Slayer. So it's, it's a really surprise. I did not, I didn't expect this to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was kind of expecting it to kind of uh, be in the echelon of like the no game, no life movie, the the ReZero one, like the, all the other ones we've kind of seen recently. You know, mm-hmm, definitely. But this one actually overtook. It definitely did. Um, I mean, this anime was really good. I mean, yes, people are gonna start. I've seen so much hate for this series. Honestly, uh, people just always want to nitpick anything that comes into like the anime terms and everything, but. I think those are just like more people that just have no, like, just have too much time on their hands, just want to nitpick everything instead of just actually enjoy the show, the series, and everything. Yeah. So, um, I really don't see where all this hate comes from from this series, honestly, that I've seen so far from on social media and stuff. Um, but definitely, it was a really well done anime series in general. Yes. But uh, getting back to the movie, has there been any word that, of how we're getting it, if we're going to only be able to just stream it online or we're uh, just waiting for theaters. So as I mentioned last time's, uh, last week's episode, Funimation, and I forgot who, I think it was Aniplex of USA, 
they are going to try to see if they can premiere it here in the U.S. early to early 2021 in theaters. Given if theaters open up by then. And given if the COVID situation gets better or not. Okay, well, so let's say hypothetically theaters are not open yet. Then it's going to come down to if Funimation somehow streams it or maybe they'll just hold off on it. Okay, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I really want to see. I mean, you got the manga, honestly. If you really want to know more about it, it's all in the manga because it takes place right after the season ended, if you remember. So the manga kind of shows everything. And if people just don't want to spoil it for themselves and just wait for the movie, then they'll just have to wait till basically at the end of this, end of this year to see if there's any updates about that. Yeah. Which I'm hoping to see what updates we can get because I'm really interested in this movie as well. All right. Definitely. And I mean, to think it topped your name. Yeah, that's a that's I mean that's huge in itself. It really is cuz your name Oh my god, I just remember like all like the hype over that movie when it just came out and everything. Mm-hmm. Especially when it did, they did the world premiere. I think it was the world premiere at Anime, Anime Expo. Yeah, Anime Expo, yeah. Yeah. Um I was going to go watch it, but then I guess they were I was able to get free tickets since I was staffing at Anime Expo. I don't remember the details cuz I really didn't care that much anymore about the situation for yeah. staffing. Kind of stupid, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to explore that later. <laughs> yeah, but I just had shift, uh, closing shift that time, so I just wasn't able to anymore. Okay. I missed out on a lot of opportunities because of working at staff or staffing <laughs> at NMX, honestly. But yeah, I mean, I did get a chance to watch it in theaters when they find uh, Eleven Arts. Actually, I think it was Eleven Arts. They're like a distribution company. Yeah, they help distribution of and organizing events to premiere the movies here in the U.S. and everything. And I've gone to see quite a few movies by organized by them and everything here. So I did actually go to Malibu to actually go watch it with a lot of our other buddies and too and everything. Oh wow! I got a question for you. Yes. So with the situation of theaters going on, the COVID situation, and everybody kind of wanting some of these releases to happen. Oh yeah. Obviously, there's a huge. There's going to be a huge push to go towards streaming, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about um, drive-ins? Drive-ins. I mean, this. I mean, I don't know. If I was a a business owner of a drive-in theater, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to be pushing. You know, pushing my business for this. So, I mean, these movies are always based on like. These movies and, of course, all our anime that we, we enjoy so much, um, just paying for subscriptions like to Crunchyroll and other legit websites actually help fund these projects to get a... Uh, the biggest concern, I think, especially since... I mean, anime is now becoming much more bigger and bigger here in the U.S. Yeah, it has been for about four years now. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say it's that big towards they would have like the movie it played at every single theater for four weeks straight yeah yeah and i mean to uh kind of bash on my own theory there is that uh most drive-ins aren't fully um franchise business you know they're normally small one-off businesses here and Mm -hmm. there you know Mm -hmm. so it's not like they have the same connections either same connections and same security so what i was trying to get at right there is like these sometimes you'll only see this uh see an anime film only play for one week just two days out of one week and that's it in select theaters but not every theater 
And so the idea is piracy. So that's one thing that they have to take in consideration. Again, with piracy, then they would lose out on so much uh, funding that the potential funding they can get to fund future projects. So who knows? I, yeah. I, I would not know, honestly, yet right now for drive-ins. Yeah. Although I feel at this point, I think um, piracy is a little bit more risky streaming than it would be at a theater. Yeah. I mean, the the days of camcorders and theaters are kind of long gone. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. And I I can I don't know if you can agree, but the quality on a drive-in is not the same. No, it's not. I'm just trying to find the solution to get it. You know? And if I recall, you have to tune into a radio station to hear the audio, correct? Yes. <laughs> so I can agree with what you said earlier, too. I mean... If anybody wants to try to pirate, uh, pirate the movie, the quality is not going to be there, especially as audio and visuals. No, no, that's like early 2000s stuff that just, I don't even think that stuff happens anymore. <laughs> You'd be surprised still, actually. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you go to you go to like a downtown Walmart, you'll see somebody selling pirate movies in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much an update on like the situation for the Demon Slayer. Huge congrats to the team that did, basically the whole company that just did this movie and everything. Uh, They did a phenomenal job, uh, I think, and I can't wait to see how it's going to turn out for when we get to get the release for ourselves. Absolutely. And we did also get an update on the new, on the fourth installment for the movie series of Evangelion. If everybody remembers, we've been waiting so long for that to come out. I mean... Oh, yeah. That's almost considered a classic now. <laughs> it really is. But honestly, th- those movies were so well done. They were? They were so well done. I mean, the 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 series is just very nostalgic, classic as well, like we said. Not too, not too old as a classic would be, but it's definitely like one of those like really good animes that you would want somebody to watch if they're just just getting into anime i would say yeah but like I'd agree. as long as but first not direct not like the first wave of animes i'll say like get their like feet tested into the water what's like like some smaller animes not like overwhelm them and stuff because yeah uh, evangelion can be overwhelming in some areas especially the psychological part yeah, no, it, it's definitely one of those where you have to be willing to vest yourself a little bit. Yeah, and keep an open mind on certain parts that happen in that series, if you remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, so we did get a an announcement. Uh, this is on my anime list. If anybody wants to check it out, see more information about this. But it will premiere in January 23rd of 2021. Uh, it does not say... If theaters are open. Well, that's the thing. It doesn't say if it means like Japan release or U.S. release, so we don't know. I'm oh, gonna assume. Okay. I'm gonna assume it's Japan release. Okay, so we'll have time to hopefully catch that in theater too. Hopefully. All right. Very cool. Well, um, I guess to kind of segue a little bit into your um, volunteer at AX, you have a Comic Con update. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. Honestly. <laughs> Um, we weren't too sure which side pulled the string first, as we mentioned it before. But if everybody remembers in one of our previous episodes, we had talked about LA Comic Con wanting to host an in-person convention with limited ticket sales while doing a virtual convention. 
And with that, like, public health department for the L.A. County and events tourism and convention department all were in disagreement with this because they were never consulted. Yeah, well, they were blindsided by it. They were like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, no, they were not consulted at all. So it was pretty much just like a curveball to them or just like a sneak attack, honestly. And my guess now with the situation, LA Comic Con has planned to not do it anymore. Okay. So my guess is it could be the backlash from the community of like people that are well yeah you know what i mean like backlash from the community of like trying to host this event while in quarantine or covid situation and everything i know everybody's just trying to stay safe and everything and not contract the virus and spread it and continue to spread it and everything or if maybe the local government like we said earlier do you remember what we said uh, like how uh, maybe they're trying to push the government to see how far they can go before the actual the government actually steps in yeah, yeah. So I feel like the it's like a two it played two parts, the backlash from the community, but also the government by not placing any not posting or placing any guidelines for conventions and events for reopening. Yeah. And I wonder if there's also a liability issue with that too. I don't know uh if this is going to become precedent with other situations. Mm-hmm. But there's already been um I believe it was a church in, ah, oh crap, I can't remember the state. I wish I would have looked this up beforehand. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it was actually a surprising, it was like Indiana or Georgia or something. Mm-hmm. But apparently this church was doing in-person, in-person uh, services in the middle of the full-on shutdown. Yeah. And they were able to trace thousands of cases back to those church members. And they actually filed a lawsuit against that church. I can see it. So I wonder if I'm not, you know, I, maybe I need to follow up with that story. But uh, if that's setting a kind of a precedent that organizations or events that are hosting during this time and spreading or potentially spreading could be liable for something, you know? Unless we have the situation where nobody reads the terms and agreements when you purchase a ticket. Yeah, I suppose so. But and you I mean, agree to the terms when you purchase your ticket. You also got to remember, though, that when it comes to that, though, that's not just affecting you personally. That no, yeah. It goes through the whole community. So there are certain things that you can't really sign away your right to. Yeah. It's kind of like you get hired for a job that says, we don't pay overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can sign that and agree to it, but just because you signed it doesn't mean it's legal. You know yeah. what I mean? So there, there's other factors that kind of take precedent over that. Yeah. So, again, the biggest reason why LA Comic Con has finally decided to cancel their in-person convention is because uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom has not published any guidelines for reopening. And so, without any guidelines, you have events like these that have no way to feel if they're on the right track to, if it's enough for the the procedures that they want to take to ensure the safety of the public or if they're not doing enough yeah i think the only thing he had was like that step procedure based upon the percentage of new cases and everything right Mm -hmm. so i thought originally that maybe it was a gamble upon going through all of his uh i forget whatever the hell he called those steps to opening you know Mm -hmm. maybe taking the gamble that 
LA County would be done with those, mm-hmm. which I don't think they are. I no. know here <laughs> no. in I know here in Riverside County we got worse. Yeah, we got worse and got placed back into purple tier. Yep, that's why I went to go get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> this man. They're gonna shut him down again, and I'm gonna be looking all furry up there. Eh, just shave your head like I did. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so with that, I personally feel like the government, especially Gavin Newsom and the state government, actually did it on purpose on not publishing any guidance yet, just so they can like, um, what I'm trying to like, what I'm trying to say is like maybe prevent like big organizations like Comic Con and other big events, not just like conventions, concerts, tours, um, amusement parks, especially since California is all about amusement parks and everything. I just think they're just. I uh, well, me, isn't Disney open? No, from what I understand, no. I thought they were. You just had to have or downtown Disney only, huh? Yeah, it's downtown Disney. Okay, downtown Disney. Yeah, I think I think I just saw an article that amusement parks will be allowed to reopen soon, but it looks like Disney and Universal won't see any time, any opening time until probably next summer. Okay, that's. uh, I just actually saw that article recently, right now. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't make any sense to open up before that. Summertime Mm -hmm. is kind of their peak season, so. And especially since Disney uh, laid off about 28,000 workers. Yep. Not from just one Disneyland, but just like throughout the world and everything. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know if they would have 28,000 workers at one Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so like I said, I think personally, I just think they just did on purpose. So like events like at these organizations and events like the as big as these would even try to reopen when the government is trying to like work their way and put more effort into lowering the curve of the COVID situation and prevent more cases, which is not working still, honestly, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not really working because I think just more the people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to say it, but you just said it. Yeah, no, it's the people. We all see it. We all know what's going on. We all see everybody not caring anymore and doing things they're not supposed to. So Mm -hmm. what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, pretty much. But that's pretty much it. The latest update on Comic LA Comic Con on their on their attempt to actually host an in in person convention. All right. Well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> way to bring it down, Manny. Well, let's just wait for January to see if Impulse is taking down too, which I I'm thinking it will, honestly. Who knows? I don't know. Not sure. We'll have to see once we get closer. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see about that. But uh, so I had the next one. Mm-hmm. So I I just labeled this on the topic board, pretty much just Mustang news. Okay. Just because there was a couple little things that happened that I just wanted to do some quick touches on. Um, first Mach One is officially on release. Ooh. Yes. So they did stop making the bullet, which uh, for those that know the history of the bullet, that's typical. Yeah. Uh, the bullet is always made only for one year. <laughs> <laughs> so the first bullet was made back in 2001. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's a tribute to the McQueen. Yeah. The McQueen car, right? Yeah. Which, you know, there's no actual bullet edition 1965. So it's just the tribute to the movie. Yeah. So the only official first bullet is actually the 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they did it again in 2008. 
And then now this is the, that was the last one for, was that 18, 19? I think it was. 18, right? Mm-hmm. So one year, done. That's typical. That's what they always do with the bullet. Mm-hmm. That's just in their history. Yeah. <laughs> um, they dis- As we talked about the last, uh, was the last episode or the episode before that, they got rid of the GT350. Uh, yeah, last episode. Yes, obviously they got rid of that because they can't have another, basically another Shelby car with the GT500 now out. Yeah. So that one's kind of gone, which is sad because it was such a track-oriented car with the manual trans, you mm-hmm. know? But we have the Mach 1 now, which uh, isn't necessarily a replacement for the 350. It's actually more of a replacement for the Performance Package 2. Really? They're getting rid of the Performance Package 2. That's cut now. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a shame, actually, because uh, Performance Pack 2 got you pretty much everything like what a bullet would get you or and really close to what the Mach 1's going to get you, mm-hmm. except that you're about $7,000 cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> so, but because the spec, for, the spec for the Performance Package 2 and the Mach 1 are so close, they cut the Performance Pack. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because they can charge more for a Mach One. Yeah, and it would be pointless to have like a package basically so identical. Honestly, yeah, the Performance Pack Two would be way, way too competitive with the Mach One. Mm-hmm. Way too competitive, and it which, would just feel redundant just having multiples of the same package. Honestly, well, over the years, that's kind of like Mustang's mo. Mm-hmm. You've always had several different trims, variances, special editions. Um. I guess we can call them third-party production cars, mm-hmm. which is kind of like your Roushes, your Celines, and stuff like yeah. that. So, I mean, it's technically still a factory car, just technically not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so they have the Mach 1 now. It, you know, it looks like they did a pretty good job. They stiffened up the suspension. It's got the same uh, motor pretty much as what they did for the for the bullet and everything, which is mo for all the Mustangs. You know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of di- I'm kind of sad they didn't do the shaker hood. That would have been pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> they do look nice. Yeah, they do. They do, and it well, it brings a a certain amount of uniqueness to it. Yeah, like uh, like the 01 to 03 Mach ones. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Those had the shaker hoods, fully functional, awesome, awesome fucking mod. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. They kind of they kind of went with the more uh, traditional snorkels on the hood. Oh, yeah. That's it. Well, that's what they did for the hood design. Yeah, but they stiffened up the suspension, better cooling mods, um, diff mod, and every other diff mod. Diff, <laughs> a diff cooler and everything like that. So it's still going to be a very competitive car. But oh, nice. I just feel that I would have preferred to buy the Performance Pack 2. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion on it. But um, lastly, we also had... A, I don't know if you saw the picture I posted on the Instagram. Yeah, the GT500? Yep. Yeah, wh- what was going on with that? Because I was seeing it everywhere, <laughs> floating around... But I didn't see any backstory to what was going on there. Yes. So it was actually a pre-production test car. Oh, so wasn't it actually an official GT500? I mean, it is. It's just not VIND. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like an official. Yeah, it's not VIND for sale. It's it's not really usable in 
the regards of actual streetcar and registration, blah, blah, blah. And did they crash it or like what was going on there? Nope. They just had it on the schedule to send it to the crusher. That's just what they do with the pre-production cars. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a waste, honestly. It really is. I mean, you figured they could just like send it to their race team and make it a track car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But nope, it was already on schedule to be crushed. So they actually uh, sent it to a local firefighting station mm-hmm. to use for training. Oh. So they whipped out axes, grinders, the jaws of life. <laughs> <laughs> and they just went to town on it. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. I actually found this on Twitter where the, where the fire department actually posted it. Really? Yes. So, so it wasn't like Ford posting or anything. It was the fire department. No, no. The fire department posted it. So I was kind of able to see like all the comments and everybody going like, why? <laughs> <laughs> so as I kind of flipped through and I was looking for it, um, that's where I kind of found out that it was because it was for that, basically. Mm-hmm. And Ford was going to crush the car anyways. And oddly enough, because somebody even mentioned like, hey... Leave me the engine. <laughs> you know, everybody's already like those uh, those seagulls on uh, Finding Nemo. Oh, mine, 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 <laughs> yeah. mine. But uh, I guess, interesting thing, every piece of scrap had to get sent back to Ford. What? Every piece of scrap had to get sent back to Ford. Did they have like some secret compound in the, the material or what? No, I think they just didn't want, let's say, a carbon fiber wheel Showing up on Craigslist. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I see what you mean now. Yeah, I think they just wanted to avoid people kind of picking off parts from the GT500 and selling them off or something. Firefighters selling stuff on eBay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, all the stuff had to get sent back. They'd be putting out fires and selling fire on eBay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, oh, that's such a shame to see, though. All right. I mean... I would like expect like Ford like to keep them as like a like a timeline piece or something like that. A museum piece? Yeah. Maybe a CEO that's just like, yeah, just throw it into my collection. Mm-hmm. Although who knows, maybe the forty CEOs are making so much money they're like, I don't want that Ford. <laughs> <laughs> or make it like a collector's a car and stuff. Uh yeah. I mean there's a whole lot of stuff that could have been done better, but Yeah. Yeah, that that's I guess that's kinda like normal thing for the production cars. They end up getting smashed. I could have seen that car on Pawn Stars, honestly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this is why they had to send all the scrap back. Oh, wow. It's kind of sad because, I mean, I guess they got some training out of it, but come on, they could have cut up a regular EcoBoost or a GT. <laughs> right? Like, of all things that... I mean, we could have just showed up there with your car and been like, trade skis. Ooh. It's the same chassis. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of like the background behind that picture and what was going on with it. Yeah. Really sad to see, but all right. I guess, you know, it's their car. They're going to do what they want with it. Ford be like that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are uh, my little quick updates for that. What else we got on the board? Uh, track days. Are there is there more track events coming up? Yes. So I brought this one up because uh, NASA sent out an email to all their... Uh, members showing their 2021 schedule okay and of course you remember our episode talking about the roval 
Ah, uh, yes. It's not on the 2021 schedule. For, with NASA? With NASA. Or just in general? Well, with NASA. Okay. So with NASA, they are not, they don't have any scheduled plans for the Roval next year. So Does anybody else, or is it just completely... So I tried looking up other ones. I'm also a member with Speed Ventures, mm-hmm. and I haven't got an email from them yet. Okay. And I tried to go to their website and look it up. I didn't see anything for 2021 yet. So I don't know if that's um, Fontana not booking any more events. And just a sign that they're no longer going to book it. Yeah, or people not booking events because of the uncertainty of tearing down the track and doing this short track. Mm. So I'm not sure which way that's going. I'm going to keep an eye out, you know, at speed for Speed Ventures and other organizations to see if anybody's doing the Roval or Infield next year. Mm-hmm. And at least maybe that'll give us kind of a time frame for how long we have. Yeah. Um, but with that, Speed Ventures has two more events where they're doing the Roval this year. Okay. So first event is going to be November 7th and 8th. Okay. Second one, give me one second. <laughs> <laughs> I have it right here. It's going to be December 5th and 6th. Okay. So those are those could be potentially your last chances to race the track before it disappears. So anybody listening that is curious, hasn't been to the track or has been to the track but maybe never been to the Roval, this is kind of your this could be your last chances to actually get in. So take advantage of it. Let me know if you're going, I'll go with you. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can get Manny by December. Ooh. Right? Kind of achievable, I think. It could be. It yeah. Could be. So we'll we'll keep an eye out on that. Like I said, I'm gonna keep an, um keep looking out for other organi- organizations that could be doing it, and maybe they have something 2021. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with the NASA new schedule, they do have an event for the Button Willow new track. Okay. So Button Willow is actually getting a whole new track. So they're doing the same thing? They're going to... No, 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 no. They're, this is going to be an additional track. Oh, an additional track. Yeah, okay. so that's actually pretty exciting too because Button Willow is already a very versatile track. Mm-hmm. They have so many different configurations. I think, I think well, I think close to 30, mm-hmm. maybe more, of different configurations they can do at that track already. So they're going to be adding a whole nother one. So... I haven't found any information on its actual layout, if it's just going to be a one, you know, kind of a one configuration setup, Mm -hmm. or if it's going to be a whole modular thing like they have currently. Okay. If they do, that'd be pretty awesome. (laughs) Because that's just going to make that track that much more versatile, and you can keep going there and have so many different configurations and setups that you can, you know, it's never really the same thing. Definitely. It's like autocrossing on a road course. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually pretty exciting. So I am excited for that. That's going to be like uh, mid to late next year. Okay. So for sure, I'm going to be at that one. Definitely got to go. I'm sure that event's going to be packed. <laughs> yeah, new track. Just just reminds me of bench warmers. If you build it, they will come. Yes, they will. <laughs> I mean, NASCAR is going to build a short track and I'm not coming, but. Would you actually try it though? What the short track? Probably not. Not even give it like a chance just to see how it is and everything. And just give your actual opinion on it after. 
Well, you got to keep in mind that the short track is going to be an oval. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's only going to be a half mile long. There's going to be no room for an infield for an actual road course. Yeah. There's no way in that, that small of a track. It's going to be very wide because obviously the amount of, you know, the NASCAR that has to go yes. through there. It's going to be wide, but it's going to be a short track. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't find much desire to drive that at all. Just make left turns everywhere. I mean, we can run it the other way and make right turns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't find any desire in it. I mm-hmm. mean, who knows? You know, we don't know final plans, final sketches of what it's going to look like, what it might entail, but it doesn't really incite anything exciting for me. Mm-hmm. So to me, and to me, after they, well, hopefully, I'm saying if out of hope, but... <laughs> yeah. If the Roval does get dismantled and they build a short track, Fontana is just going to be an autocross place to me now. Which you know, it's fun, but I've I don't like going. <laughs> and who knows about the situation for the drag strip too? Yeah, well, I really don't like going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know, well, you know what my story? I got yeah. bored. I got bored of it and and moved past drag racing. Yeah. So. Yes, those are the updates. We'll keep an eye out for more Roval events. But again, if you're anything curious about the track and you want to drive this track before it goes, because it is kind of a cool experience to drive out of the pits, see the whole stadium lines, mm-hmm. drive through the, the start-finish line, you know? It's actually a really cool track. It's probably one of the nicer ones out here. That's yeah. not in the middle of, of the desert and has better facilities and everything, you know? So... Maybe jump on it before it disappears. Mm-hmm. November 7th and 8th and December 5th and 6th. Speed yeah. Ventures. All right. What's next? Uh, So you're going to host an auction, I hear. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I wrote down uh, auction education. So you're going to teach us how to host an auction. Well, I've been uh, looking around at some public auctions. So I thought I'd kind of share a little bit of the experience I've been kind of learning and, and looking at it. It's been you're a long time. You're going to work at an auction. I don't think I can talk that fast. I didn't say you were going to be an auctioneer. I, that's what I would do. I'll just but, mumble but you, gibberish and just say, you. <laughs> if you mumble gibberish, you might get a contract signing with Universal Records. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I started looking at some of the auctions again. I got curious. And now I'm bidding. <laughs> oh, God. But uh, so years ago, I used to actually flip a lot of cars. Mm-hmm. You I did would, mention that in one of the previous episodes? Yes. So I used to go to the auction. It was a public auction. Um, you would have like an inspection day the day the weekend before. And then I believe Monday or Tuesday, you go in to actually do the bidding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can test the cars, move them forward and back, you know check them for issues. But at this auction, you would get lean paperwork. Mm-hmm. The car could not be running, running, check engine light. You can have a blown trans for all you know. You know what I mean? There was a lot of risk involved. You had to really be pretty thorough on how you checked out the cars. Yeah. But after that, you were responsible for getting it running, getting it smogged, registered, all the whole shebang, you know? Mm-hmm. So that auction closed down a while ago. But like I said, that was kind of like, shoot, close to 10 years ago now. Oh, shit. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I got curious again. So, you know, I'm always kind of like, in a sense, always car shopping. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was looking up uh, the J.J. Kane's auctioneers. Yeah. And they deal with mostly government fleet vehicles. Everything from city, county cars, police cars, code enforcement, all that crap. So I got curious. I went to go check it out. And uh, to my surprise, they register everything now. Okay. So they smog it, they title it, and they do the whole DMV transfer for you and your name. Okay. I believe that's probably to avoid public buyers from not registering it and just flipping the cars. Yeah. <laughs> Basically what I used to do without yeah. a dealer's license. So I think that helps to tier that. And certain cars that actually do have like check engine lights or other issues that they find more major, they put them up as dealer-only bids. Oh, okay. So only dealers can bid on those because they didn't pass smog or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean... I guess that's kind of good because they're pre-checking them for you a little bit. Yeah. Kind of sucks because, you know, obviously the deals are where it has a simple check engine light you could probably just take care of and get a deal. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I started kind of looking through them. Obviously, a lot more of it is done online than it used to be. But I went in person to go check out the cars. Mm. Just to check out their inspection day and... See how they all are. Was there anything in particular you're trying to look at? So, <laughs> I was thinking about looking at some of the excursions or F-250s. Excursions? Yes. Why? Well, the idea behind it is if I can get something that is newer and lower miles than my F-150 currently, I can replace it. Your gas mileage, though. <laughs> when have I ever cared about gas mileage? When I was doing construction and driving hours each way every day, I was still driving around the Coyote. I don't care about gas mileage. No, I know that. Yeah, so <laughs> my idea was basically to replace the truck. If I can replace the truck for cheaper, I can sell it and pocket some more money for the race car build. True. So that's kind of what I was looking at. And also since... Um, I'm going to be selling that 2005 Mustang I fixed up for the wife. Yes. Because I just don't like that car. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about picking up a little Crown Vic as a little daily. Ooh. Yeah. I like them a lot more than 2005 Mustangs. <laughs> well, Crown Vicks are nice, honestly, in their own sense. Yeah. And they're such an abundant there that they're going for just dirt. I think right now, I'm still watching the auction right now as we speak. <laughs> this man. Uh, they're going on average of $600 to about 14 Really? Yeah. High mileage or? Um, I haven't found a single one over 130 Wow. I have a bid on a 2008 with 90,000 miles. Damn. And my bid's at 700 bucks right now. I might have to start looking into this. I mean, it's a thrasher. True. It's a it's a little I mean it doesn't look bad. It's all it has no body damage. Uh has all the interior and it's all leather. Mm-hmm. It's just a boring car. <laughs> yeah. But it has um 
the 4.62 valve that is used in every single Mustang and every single Crown Vic and every cars in between. Like <laughs> <laughs> parts are abundant, cheap, and they're reliable as hell. Yeah. So I might just pick myself up a cheap daily, just 700 bucks. Why not? <laughs> I'm going to sell the white Mustang for a lot more than that. And then that's more funding that can go back towards the race car. I can see it. I can see it. So, yeah. Auctions. So, that's some of the stuff I kind of learned is that they're doing a lot of the inspection. But I did notice that a lot of these, you kind of got to look up where they actually served. Mm -hmm. So, you have Crown Vicks that serve as city cars, county cars, you know what I mean? Um, Maybe somebody in, in like the local government. And then you have police cars. You actually kind of want to stay away from the police cars. Why is that? So luckily with the Crown Victorias, they actually mark hours as well as mileage. So they have running hours. Mm -hmm. And for maybe listeners that don't know, idling is not great for your car. (laughs) It is not. It is not. It is not great for your engine. So as a good example, the car I bid on, it has uh, 91,000 miles. And it has about thirty thousand idle or thirty thousand hours. Ooh, wait, is that a lot or is that a? Well, let me put it into perspective. There's a 2011 that I was looking at before. It only had seventy thousand miles, but it had forty five thousand hours on it. Oh, <laughs> so that car sat idling for freaking ever. Um, there was another car. I think it had like a hundred and forty. A uh, thousand miles, but its idling hours were like at eighty, eighty thousand hours plus. Like Shit. it was, yeah. So there was a few that I found that had very low, low idling. It seemed like a uh, thirty thousand below was mm-hmm. kind of like lower than the average. Yeah. So that's kind of some of the things you need to pay attention to as well. So that's one of the things I learned at the auction. Also, another reason to avoid actual police cars is the sirens like the lights the light bars on top i as i was kind of browsing through and found one there was a big hole in the roof (laughs) from the lights yes you can tell like uh, the smaller ones they kind of washered and put some like nuts or something on Mm -hmm. them but there was just one big hole that looks like they made by accident and they just left it there oh wow yeah so obviously yes i guess uh in the website, they kind of encourage the online thing and to avoid inspection because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to do their own due diligence, which I kind of give them a little credit for because there was some of them where they actually wrote down on online for the inventory that, hey, this door doesn't lock. Or, hey, these windows don't work. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, these are missing door panels. Or, you know what I mean? Like, they actually kind of went through the cars a little bit to kind of test them out. I think one of them even said that the AC wasn't working or something. But still check them out. Yes. <laughs> I guess don't really go with their recommendation. Go over there, look at them, and you can actually find some pretty killer deals right now. There's a, there's actually a 2015 excursion right now. Its bid is only at 4500 and it has 90,000 miles. Hmm. Okay. So, twin turbo EcoBoost V6. Hmm. 
for less than five grand. Not bad. That's a tow rig. <laughs> I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah. That's a tow rig. That's yeah. A, that's a nice, reliable tow rig for sure. So, yeah, I I kind of like the idea. Who knows? Maybe I might buy a couple and flip them, too. Definitely. Cheap enough and parts are abundant enough. We'll see. Maybe I'll have a little uh, beater daily and maybe I'll do a five-speed swap on it. Hey. I've always kind of been a fan of those, so. That'll be a nice little video. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, my auction education right now. So we'll see if next episode I have a new car. <laughs> I mean, every month you kind of do. I don't know about every month. We'll see. Okay, every week. Just move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need more jack stands soon. Maybe. Just to have them on there for 10 years. Nope. No, none of them are on jack stands and they're all running. Sorry to disappoint you. If they're running, you better catch them. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. So big update for everybody in the SoCal area for cars and anime. We will be, uh, there will be Tanoshi Nights. When is that? It will be November 24th, Saturday. October 24th. October 24th, yeah. What are you doing, Manny? I set you up perfectly. I'm yawning, dude. I'm I'm tired. (laughs) Yes, October 24th. 7 p.m. 7 p.m.? Yes, sir. So, same uh, same deal. We are going to have SB uh, Funko Pops doing DJ. DJ. And I think he actually has some des- guest uh, DJs coming to do some sets. I think they did that last, t- last time too, right? Did he? I think so. Oh, awesome. Yeah, he's going to have some guest DJs doing sets. I think they're going to have a photography contest, you saw? Mm-hmm. And a costume contest. Costume contest, yes. Um And... I guess with the costume contest, me, Manny, and Ollie, the host, are going to be doing the judging for it. Yes. So we'll be there early, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, last time it was huge, so I think uh, for sure I'm going to try to get there a little early. I remember last time I was in a costume contest, I was as a left shark, if you remember. Oh, yeah. And if anybody doesn't know, left shark was the... Famous shark in Katy Perry's uh, Super Bowl halftime show where it looked like it it knew nothing about the choreography of the dance. And one of the main reasons why is because it was actually Snoop Dogg in the the costume. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess maybe there was something happened to the original dancer and so Snoop Dogg just stepped in to cover. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, so I bought that costume and I got a prize out of it actually. For best pose. Very nice. You want to know what the pose was? As long as it wasn't a dab, I don't care. Me flailing on the ground. All right. (laughs) Fish out of water, basically. I don't know. It it pretty much just killed everybody with laughter when I did it, so it got me a prize and everything for best pose. Okay. So hopefully there's some good uh, costumes that will make us laugh and everything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, so Tenoshi Nights again. We'll be in Marietta, or not, yeah, Marietta, right? Yep, Marietta Hot Springs. Marietta Hot Springs. We will, uh, we have it posted on our Instagram. We'll obviously obviously be reposting it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, probably a couple more times on the story as well. Yes, definitely. So if you're into anime, you're into cars, this is a good, uh, good meet, honestly. Again, respect everybody. No drama, no burnouts, no revving. Practice social distancing. Wear a mask if you can, please. 
And honestly, we just want to respect everybody because everybody just wants to come out and have fun and enjoy themselves. Yes, and the vibes here are always good. Everybody stays chill, and we want to keep it that way for definitely, sure. Definitely, definitely. Especially, like, it's one of the few out here in this direction, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And let's just keep it alive. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, we all we all know that John and Ali always hosted these events, and they've done a phenomenal job at hosting them and everything. So we just want to help them and make sure this goes out strong, honestly, especially now that John is not involved. Yes, yes, yes. So like we said before, we were going to do what we could to promote it, and we'd like to see everybody out there. I think it'd be awesome. And make sure you you don't get there too early and take the vendor spots because they do reserve the area and kind of like keep the vendors in one area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't go over there and just block off Ollie and... uh, all the vendors and the DJ booth and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is food and gas station right there. So. Oh yeah, that's true. It, it's a good. It's a good location. It's a really good location. Yeah. And it's a uh, one of the permitted spots. And like I said, short of not being at a shop, kind of like how uh, Vinyl Labs and Offset does. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the only ones that still do it. Yes. Them and Otaku Thursday. Mm-hmm. But. Thursdays are sometimes hard to get to. <laughs> Especially for you. Yes, yes, yes. That's a drive, and it's during the week, and I'm old, so. Right. I'm asleep, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be long gone asleep. I couldn't I couldn't do that drive and go to sleep afterward. Really? Nope. <laughs> I just say, well, fuck it. I, gotta, I only got a nap, so I'll just stay up. <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, definitely again, uh, just come out, enjoy Tenoshi Nights, come out and help and support. It's going to be a great event. Vibe is all there and everything. Good music, good food, and just overall, just some really cool cars to look at, especially. Oh yeah. What car are you taking, Manny? I'll be taking the El Camino, actually. Nice. Hell yeah. Going to stretch your legs a little bit. It has been a little bit since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I turned it on and just cruised around a little bit in my little na- my neighborhood, but this will get her legs actually fully stretched. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll be taking the fox. <laughs> hey, we got to park next to each other then. All right. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'll be taking the fox. It's it's time. <laughs> nice. It doesn't get moved. And, well, at least maybe I might get some better cycling on the cars now. Because mm-hmm. this is actually my last week working from home. Ah, uh, yes. So that's done. My boss has been teasing me about it for a while of... Oh, it's going to come. Oh, we'll do it next week. Oh, we'll do it next week. But <laughs> I guess they finally have uh, the Pexiglass installer scheduled for this Friday. Yeah. So I guess they're going to install over the weekend, and I'll be back in the office either Monday or Tuesday. For sure. So at least I got that to start driving to work, and I can start cycling through the cars because the truck battery almost died on me. I had it parked for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a new battery at that point. Yeah, well, I mean, if it just needs to get recharged, it's not really worth it. So, I just gotta, I gotta remember to always go out there once a week and at least start all of them up, you know. Mm-hmm. Which gets annoying, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah, um, speaking of the El Camino, uh, how long are you away from uh, finding an install shop for that EFI conversion? Uh, I mean, I'm still waiting on seeing if uh, someone will help me with the wiring and stuff. Because I, I just want to get that out of the way before I do anything else. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be... I, I'm taking more priority on that than just anything else, honestly. Okay. Um, 
I am going to start looking at replacing some of the suspension on it and putting new suspension on it. So I'm going to be possibly just start taking part stuff and see what uh, I'll need to replace and everything and what I can do. Oh, awesome. <clears throat> Hopefully you can find somebody to help you with the wiring and then get that going. Mm -hmm. that, that's going to be awesome to see. Yeah, definitely. I just really want to get the wiring done because I got those headlights that I bought and I can't plug them in because they don't plug in at all. Yeah. That's been a while now. Yeah. So I'll have to see how that works out, honestly. All right. Cool. Well, at least for my projects, I think all I have is that I'm getting ready to sell that Mustang. <laughs> oh, the white one? Yeah. I mean, it's running great now. Or the Fox? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The the S197. Yeah. It's running great now. I I just don't like that platform. Mm -hmm. It's comfortable. Very comfortable. And I mean, I've been driving it around just because it's there. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, I originally bought the car and fixed it for the wife. But now that that's kind of now that we, now that she has the wagon, it's kind of like just sitting there. So yeah, it's registered. I'm I've been waiting for the title from the DMV. I'm assuming that they're just super swamped or backed up or something. It'll get there. Yeah, hopefully. So once the title comes, I think I'm just gonna post it. Get nice. get it out of here. For sure. Race car funding, race car funding. <laughs> <laughs> or New Daily. The New Daily is going to be like 700 bucks. <laughs> and then the New Daily next month is going to be another 700 bucks. Given if I sell the first one, yeah. And then the next month it's going to be another one for 1500 Absolutely. And you're going to have a New Daily like every month. Maybe. While well, the Jack, well, the Type R stands it. on Jack stands. <laughs> Jack R, the Type R will be just fine. <laughs> It'll be doing the Roval before the end of the year again. Because hey. I'm after that sub two minute. Mm, I, know, okay. I know the car has it in it. It's just me being a, a sissy around the main bank. <laughs> I know where it's at. I know. <laughs> I know where the time is missing. <laughs> for sure. For sure. But all right. I think with that, Manny, uh, I think we'll call this one an episode. Yes. So why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Yeah. So you can definitely find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at UnacceptedPod. And we do have a website where you can check out merch and stickers and apparel at unacceptedpod.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, follow, leave a review anywhere you're listening to this podcast. And if you want to send an unaccepted rev or any hate mail questions, you can email us at unacceptedpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see everybody next Wednesday. Johnny.